Welcome to the Quadcast, a Yale Divinity School podcast series focusing on issues related to religion and politics. In this episode, Emily Judd interviews Philip Gorski, professor of sociology and religious studies at Yale, whose new book is about white Christian nationalism and the threat to American democracy. In this episode, Professor Gorski discusses who are white Christian nationalists and their level of affiliation to Christianity. There are um, increasing numbers of sort of secular white nationalists who are identifying as Christian, even if they don't uh, really practice in any uh, systematic way. He provides insight on the future of white Christian nationalism in the United States. So I, I don't know if it's expanding, but what I do know is that it's radicalizing. And that, I think, is the most important and, and worrisome trend. And Professor Gorski weighs in on the findings of a new survey on religious practice in America. So to see it actually increasing in size, um, I think, was a real, real eye-opener. Thank you so much, Professor Gorski, for joining us today. Now, you have said that the deadly January 6th riots at the U.S. Capitol were a scene of white Christian nationalism. And during a congressional hearing... Officer Daniel Hodges of the Capitol Police described the pervasiveness of Christian symbols among the rioters who attacked him and other police officers that day. He said, quote, it was clear the terrorists perceived themselves to be Christians. What did we learn about white Christian nationalism after January 6th? So I think that the big lesson for many Americans was just to realize what a powerful and pervasive force white Christian nationalism is in American politics. I think for many people who um, are well outside of the bounds um, of this movement, or especially for people who are secular progressives, um, what happened really came as a kind of a surprise and, and, and a shock. Also part of what you're seeing, um, you know, in the, the kind of iconography and rhetoric um, in and around the insurrection is that there are um, increasing numbers of sort of secular white nationalists who are identifying as Christian, even if they don't uh, really practice in any uh, systematic way. Uh, so there was a very uh, interesting study by Michelle Borstein, who's the really one of the religion reporters for the Washington Post, where she really tried to, you know, identify as many of the insurrectionists as, as she could, and then sort of figure out, uh, in as many cases possible, what sort of religious community they belong to, what sort of religious views do they have, and an astonishing number of them were these sort of do-it-yourself, uh, you know, self-identified Christians uh, who were not necessarily members um, of a church who did not um, any particular theological views, but just sort of, you know, embrace this Christian label because it somehow uh, seemed to fit or uh, whitewash their politics. Now, are there any estimates on, you mentioned the pervasiveness of white Christian nationalism. Are there any estimates on who is actually subscribing to this in the U.S.? How many people so here I would draw on the, on the work of my friend and co-author, Sam Perry of the University of Oklahoma, um, together with a number of collaborators, including Andrew Whitehead um, of Indiana University. Uh, they've done a you know, bunch of empirical studies 
drawing on survey data above all and and try to you know give some sense of um, who white Christian Christian nationalists are, how many of them there are. And what they did is they developed a, a scale, right, with a, a number of different questions, things like, you know, do you think um, that America should be a a, you know, should be a Christian nation? Um, do you think that the constitution is is based on uh, biblical principles? That's, so it's a whole roster of questions. This allows them to sort of distinguish different degrees of adherence to white Christian nationalism. Um, and they, they talk about this sort of divide people into two groups, what they call ambassadors and accommodators. Um, so the ambassadors are people who are kind of actively proselytizing, you know, are very outspoken about it, who score very high on the scale. And the, uh, the accommodators are folks who, you know, accept some of the principles to some degree, um, but are not out there sort of actively proselytizing. And, you know, roughly speaking, the, um, the, with the with the ambassadors, you're talking about you know 15 or 20 percent of the population. The accommodators, another 15 or 20 percent. So it's 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 pretty significant. You know, this is not a small small group of people. Um, you know, when when Sam and Andrew and I talk about this in public, you know, we do often get pushback from uh, from. Uh, from conservative white Christians say, well, you know, I don't adhere to this. Um, I don't know anybody in my church who adheres to this. This just doesn't uh, at all jibe with my experience. And I think people want to think that it, that it's really fringe. And obviously, you know, people who are ready to use violence, that is still fairly fringe. Uh, but the, the belief system is quite pervasive. No. How do Christian nationalists reconcile their belief in America as a Christian nation and even the fringe movement that you're talking about with violence, uh, some resorting to violence, with both the Founding Fathers' belief in the separation of church and state in the United States, and then also Jesus's teaching of, of nonviolence, which is obviously very clear. So um, how do they reconcile these beliefs? And then also, are these people, they're clearly identifying as Christian, but if their beliefs are not Christian, should we be calling them a Christian movement? Two questions. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, sure. So let me, so let me, let me take the, the first question about the, you know, the, the, the Christian label. So, you know, I'm I'm a sociologist, not a theologian. Um, you know, if I'm sort of uh, putting on my amateur theologian's hat, it, it's very difficult for me um, to accept uh, the idea that hardcore Christian nationalists really are authentic Christians. But you know, that's at the end of the day, really a, a question for the theologians rather rather than the, the than the so sociologist. For me, as a Christian, that's what is. I would say a bit concerning about the the label white Christian nationalist, um, just because I I think back, um, you know, when it was I think a few years ago it was very uh, it was under debate the title radical Islamic terror um, because there obviously were people who were self proclaiming themselves self identifying as Muslim and you know, committing these horrible acts, but the, you know, billion 
plus more of Muslims. We're not doing this. We're not subscribing to this ideology. So I almost do wonder if, um, you know, it should be called like white so-called Christian nationalist or, or something like that. Uh, I, I think one way, you know, one way of handling that is to talk about Christianity versus Christianism. You know, Christianism is a political ideology. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's similar. I mean, some people talk about Islamism instead of Islam, right? And and I think, you know, for, for the same reason, because they, you know, they want to uh, draw a distinction between, you know, people who they really see as sort of authentically within that tradition and people who are uh, instrumentalizing that tradition for their political ends um, mm-hmm. or confusing their culture uh, with a religion. So the Previous question um, about separation of, of church and state. So, so I think the first thing to say is I think it's important just to realize that you know we're all somewhat we carry around with us um, views that are inconsistent with one another to varying degrees. Um, I think the people who are sort of intellectuals to one degree or another. Um, are much more concerned about being intellectually consistent and spend much more time thinking about how their various beliefs relate to one another and, and trying to bring them into, into harmony with one another. But most, most people don't. Um, you know, so I think there are just a lot of people for whom this isn't really a question that 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 comes up. Um, you know, they um, if they were if they were asked point blank about um, separation of church and state, they might say, sure, but that wouldn't undermine their view that America is still in some sense um, a, a white Christian nation, or at least a nation that should be you know, ruled by Christians where Christians should have uh, somehow a kind of a privileged position. I mean, what you do find amongst um, folks uh, who are themselves intellectuals, lawyers, theologians, political philosophers um, who defend uh, white Christian nationalist views in one form or another. What they what they will usually do is they will actually kind of contest um, the reading of the disestablishment clause as mandating separation of church and state. So it's important to realize that you know, the phrase separation of church and state doesn't occur in the United in the United States Constitution. You know the the kind of proof text for this is Thomas Jefferson's famous letter to the Danbury Baptist from I think 1802, uh, where he talks about a, a wall of separation, um, and that this doesn't really get woven in explicitly into the Supreme Court's church-state jurisprudence until the post-war period. And so, um, you know, folks who you know sort of a certain kind of constitutional lawyer, both they'll, they'll say, well, I just don't accept that reading. Now, the 2020 census report by the Public Religion Research Institute found an increase in white mainline Protestants in the United States, as well as the stabilization of religiously unaffiliated Americans. As a sociologist, what do you think these trends in religious identities mean for the country? So this this is a fascinating finding, this PRI finding. Um, I think people were especially surprised um, that it found a decrease in um, the number of people identified as evangelical and an increase. That was the really big surprise um, in the number of people who identify as mainline Protestant. 
Um, you know, and the reason for that really is that, you know, one of the biggest trends um, in the American religious landscape really since the late 60s has been uh, the steady decline of, of, of the mainline. Um, so to see it actually increasing in size, um, I think was a real, real eye opener and a real head scratcher for a lot of people. I, I think it's too early to know for sure what it means. Um, I, I can tell you what my intuition is though about what it means. I think the um, increasingly tight embrace between uh, white evangelicals and conservative white Christians in general and political conservatism and the Republican party um, is having a, a number of effects. I mean, one is that it's convincing um, a lot of young people who might have been raised religious or have had some religious identification that they want absolutely nothing to do with organized religion. And so, you know, the other really big trend that you see right now is the rise of the so-called nuns. That is, you know, people who, when they're asked, you know, what's your religious affiliation? The answer they give is none. Um, that's now fully one quarter of the American population. It's um, in any event as big as uh, the Evangelical proportion of evangelicals in the population, possibly, possibly even bigger, right? So that's that's one effect. But it's also having a similar effect, I think, um, within um, evangelical community itself. That you um, are finding existing cleavages along lines of race, uh, gender, generation. Uh, that those have been deepened to the point that um, you're actually beginning to see splits. Um, so, you know, folks who might have been raised evangelical, uh, just saying, look, you know, I'm still Christian, but I'm not that. Um, and so what I think this, this is my hunch, is that uh, what that increase in the size of the white mainline is picking up is just picking up two things. It's picking up people um, who were in mainline churches, but who would tell a survey researcher, oh, I'm an evangelical, right? Because, you know, there are different ways of, med of they're basically two different ways of deciding who's an evangelical. It's just self-identification. Are you an evangelical? Or some people say, well, you know, this denomination is an evangelical denomination. So, you know, somebody who is, let's say, a Lutheran, a conservative Lutheran, you know, we, for one pollster, they would not be evangelical, but if they told another pollster, oh, I identify as evangelical for that pollster, they would be evangelical. So I think part of what we're seeing is just, you know, sort of uh, some folks in, in mainline denomination dis disidentifying with the evangelical label. I suspect we're probably also seeing, um, you know, some folks, um, you know, who I don't know, maybe they were raised a certain Southern Baptist or Assemblies of God tradition. It's like, yeah, I can't be a part of this church anymore. I'm going to go down the road and I'm going to become a Lutheran or I'm going to become an Episcopalian or whatever, right? So they're suddenly suddenly mainline. You have a new book coming out, co-authored with University of Oklahoma professor Sam Perry. Can you give us a preview about what that book is about? Sure, I'd I'd be more be, be more than happy to. So so Sam, as I mentioned, is a is a survey analyst. So he you know he crunches numbers and he um, you know uh, you know 
makes really cool diagrams and, and charts. And you know, I'm really more of a kind of historical and, and cultural sociologist. And so what we're what we sort of wanted to team up to do um, was um, to um, on the one hand, you know, just really sort of document uh, you know who are white Christian nationalism who are white Christian nationalists, you know, what political views uh, do they hold? Um, but then also to uh, kind of put uh, the contemporary moment in, in, into historical context. So, you know, one way of putting it is to, what we're trying to do is, um, you know, connect this sort of deep story of white Christian nationalism. You, you can understand this much better um, you know, if you understand this sort of deep story, and in particular, if you understand this, you know, this idea of a uh, certain relationship between freedom, order, and violence, right? So, you know, freedom means freedom above all for white, white Christian men. Um, and, um, you know, when uh, non-whites, non-Christians, um, you know, engage in exercise their freedom. It's uh, it's actually disorder. It's a threat to order. It's a threat to freedom. Um, and in those cases, um, you know, conservative white Christian men are well within their rights to you know kind of man up, arm up, and go out to the streets. You know, like uh, Kyle Rittenhouse did in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, for example. Um, the other, I think, the other big thing though that we're trying to do in the book is really to um, kind of dig in more deeply into the into the the race the racial aspect right so both of us had written uh, in the past on Christian nationalism and we always sort of knew that it was entangled with whiteness and white supremacism but we hadn't really worked that out explicitly and so that's what we what we're another thing that we're trying to do um, in, in in this book so, you know, quantitatively, you know, we're able to show that African-American Christians who hold Christian nationalist views have very different politics than white Christian nationalists who hold Christian nationalist views. So mm. you know, it's very clear that uh, that race is absolutely uh, crucial to, to understanding uh, the, the form that uh, that Christian nationalism takes, the kind of politics that uh, that that it, that it embraces. And do you see the trend of white Christian nationalism increasing? So I, I don't know if it's expanding, but what I do know is that it's radicalizing. Mm. And that I think is the most important and, and worrisome trend. So the subtitle of our book, the title is uh, the flag and the cross, white Christian nationalism, and the threat to American democracy, um, and that I think is the most worrisome trend: is that it's moving in an increasingly authoritarian direction. Um, you know, there is, um, and you see this in various ways, um, not just in the willingness of some to engage um, in violence, but um, you know, also in the willingness of of some to you know call into question. The basic mechanisms of democracy. Well, Professor, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your insights on this topic today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Emily. It was a pleasure to be with you.